Chapter Sixteen of the Actress in High Life: An Episode in Winter Quarters by Sue Pettigrew Bowen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen. Rosalind reading a paper. From the east to western end, no jewel is like Rosalind. Her worth being mounted on the wind, through all the world bears Rosalind. All the pictures fairest lined are but black to Rosalind let no face be kept in mind but the face of rosalind touchstone i'll rhyme you so eight years together dinners and suppers and sleeping hours excepted it is the right butter woman's rank to mark it from as you like it whenever lyle took holiday from his military duties he was pretty sure to take it out of his regiment the next day on parade next morning he inspected the ranks bent on detecting some defect in bearing or equipment and peered into the faces of the men as if hunting out the culprits in the latest breach of discipline men and officers looked for a three hours drill to improve their wind and put them in condition but to their great comfort he soon let them off and hastened back to his quarters arrived there he called to his man for his portfolio and at once sat down to write as if he had a world of correspondence before him but it was plain to this man who had occasion to come often into the room that his master did not get through his work with his usual facility he found him not so often writing as leaning on the table in laborious cogitation or biting the feather end of his quill or rapping his forehead with his knuckles to stimulate the action of the organs within or else striding up and down the room in a brown study over sundry half-written and discarded sheets of paper scattered on the floor lil's servant wished to speak to him but was too wise to disturb him in the midst of those throes of mental labour but when pausing suddenly in his walk he pressed his forefinger on his temple and exclaimed i had it last night and now i have lost it his confidential man thought it time to speak what is it sir shall i look for it lil stared at him as if just roused from a reverie and bursting into a hearty laugh bid him go downstairs until he called for him downstairs he went and told his two companions that their master was at work on the toughest dispatch or report or something of that sort he had ever to make in his life adding i would not be surprised if something came of it i have not a doubt answered tom the groom in a confident tone that the colonel has found out some new way to jockey the french and is about to lay it before sir roland hill or perhaps my lord wellington himself being men of leisure they were still busy discussing their master's affairs and had begun to wonder if he had forgotten that it was time to go to dinner when lil called for his man but it was only to bid him send the groom up to him with an obedient start tom hastened upstairs in a few minutes he came down with an exceedingly neatly folded dispatch in his hand he seemed to have gained in that short interval no little accession of importance he had quite sunk the groom and strode into the room with the air of an ambassador now my lads without even stopping to wet my whistle said he i will but sharpen my spurs saddle my horse and then what then asked his comrades i will ride off on my important mission were you right asked lil's gentleman is that for sir roland hill sir roland answered tom carelessly is not the most considerable personage with whom master may correspond and as the army post goes every day to Korea, he would hardly send me thither. Can it be for the commander-in-chief? suggested the footman. That is farther off still. You are but half right, said Tom contemptuously, for it is not so far, and holding up the letter he pretended to read the direction. To His Excellency, Lieutenant-General Sir Mabel Stuart, 
commander-in-chief of his majesty's forces in these parts if you had not been blockheads you might have known it from the extraordinary neatness of the rose-coloured envelope with its figured green border i wonder where he got it said the footman he brought them out with him from home said tom as if he were in all his master's secrets for his love-letters to the portuguese ladies but never met with any worth writing love-letters to and now my lads hinder me no longer i must ride and run till this be delivered to my lady and your mistress that is to be he was soon in the saddle and when there rode as if carrying the news that a french division having surprised the dreamy spaniards in badajos was already fording the cayo without meeting even goring's handful of dragoons to check its advance lille now hastened to the regimental mess and after dining loitered there longer than usual with a convivial set until it was late enough to visit lady mabel he found her alone in her drawing-room her father being still at table with some companions the murmur of whose voices and laughter now and then reached lil's ears lieutenant goring who is downstairs said lady mabel has been amusing us at dinner with his version of our adventure at the ford of the cayo and a very good story he makes of it giving some rich samples of captain hatton's polyglot eloquence he alone seems not to have been in the dark and saw all and more than all that occurred nor does he forget you in the picture but papa cannot see the wit of it all bulas de manos bulas de villanos there seldom is wit in practical jokes said lil but there was certainly more wit than wisdom in this by the by said lady mabel our excursion yesterday has procured me a new correspondent you will be astonished to hear who he is and at the style in which he writes indeed said lil with heightening colour i hope he writes on an agreeable topic and in a suitable style you shall judge for yourself said lady mabel but the grand eloquence of the epistle worthy of captain don alonzo melendez himself calls not for reading but for recitation do you sit here as critic while i take my stand in the middle of the room and give it utterance with all the elocution and pathos i can muster you must know that this epistle i hold in my hand is addressed to me by no less a personage than the river-god of the guadiana who contrary to all my notions of mythology proves to be a gentleman and not a lady and in a slightly mock heroic tone she began to recite it maiden the sunshine of thine eye flashing my joyous waves along the magic of thy soul-lit smile have waked my murmuring voice to song winding through hispania's mountains watering her sunburnt plains i from earliest time have gladdened dwellers on these wide domains i have watched succeeding races peopling my fertile strand marked each varying lovely model moulded by nature's plastic hand striving still to reach perfection ruthless she broke each beauteous mould some blemish still deformed her creature some alloy still defiled her gold the iberian girl has often bathed her limbs in my delighted flood and no acteon came to startle this very diane of the wood the stately roman maid has loitered pensive upon my flowering shore shedding some pearly drops to think italia she may see no more while gazing on my placid face she meditates her distant home and rears as upon tiber's banks the towers of imperial rome the blue-eyed daughter of the goth fresh from her northern forest home in rude nobility of race foreshadowed her who now has come the loveliest offspring of the moor beside my moonlit current sat and sighing sung her hopeless love in strains that i remember yet 
the christian knight in captive chains the conqueror of her heart has proved his own in far castilian bower he bears her blandishments unmoved thus nature tried her prentice hand become at last an artist true in inspiration's happiest mood she tried again and moulded you maiden from my crystal surface may thy image never fade longing longing to embrace thee i alas embrace a shade fainter glows each beauteous image thy beauty vanishing before i will clasp thy lovely shadow fate will grant to me no more if the verses were not very good lil was ready to acknowledge it but in fact he had not the fear of criticism before his eyes for when did lady ever criticize verses made in her praise but he had reckoned without his host though lady mabel recited them exceedingly well in a way that showed that she must have read them over many times and dwelt upon them there was an undercurrent of ridicule running through her tones and action for she had personified the river god and when she was done she criticized them with merciless irony this is no timid rhymester she exclaimed but a true poet of the spanish school no figure is too bold for him a mere versifier would have likened a lady's eyes to earthly diamonds or heavenly stars the blessed sun itself is not too bright for our poet's purpose my timid fancy dared not follow his soaring wing to me at the first glance the stately roman maid was building her mimic rome on the banks of the guadiana with solid stone and tough cement and i saddened at the sight of her labours to come down to the mechanism of the verse she continued besides a false rhyme or two the measure halts a little but we must not forget that the river god is taking a poetical stroll in the shackles of a foreign tongue in this case we have good assurance that the poet has never been out of his own country and to the eye of a foreigner flood and wood and home and come are perfect rhymes we must deal gently with the poet while trying his prentice hand hoping better things when he shall become an artist true and when we remember that to the national taste sublimity is represented by bombast artifice takes the place of nature and sense is sacrificed to sound the love of the ore rotundo demanding mouth-filling words at any price we cannot fail to discover the genuine spanish beauties of the piece i only wonder in his chronological picture of the races he should omit to display the phoenician jewish and gypsy maidens to our admiring eyes heyday exclaimed colonel bradshaw who now came in with major warren while she was still standing in the middle of the floor with the paper raised in her hand is this a rehearsal are we to have private theatricals with lady mabel for first and sole actress with songs interspersed for her as prima donna pray let me come in as one of the dramatis personae it is no play said lady mabel much confused i have just been throwing away my powers of elocution in an attempt to make colonel lille perceive the beauties of a piece of model poetry moulded in the purest spanish taste i thought him gifted with some poetic feeling but he shows not the slightest sense of its peculiar merits lille though much out of countenance had kept his seat throughout the recitation but now got up looking little pleased with it try me said major warren you may be more successful in finding a critic i never suspected you of any critical acumen said lady mabel and so could not be disappointed do not overlook me said bradshaw poetry is the expression of natural feeling in a state of exaltation now i am always in an exalted state of feeling in your company and may be just now a very capable judge no one failure is enough for me said lady mabel 
i am not in the humour to repeat it let me read it then said bradshaw offering to take the paper from her hand lady mabel declined and lil tried to divert his attention but bradshaw's curiosity was strongly excited and he made more than one playful attempt to get possession of the verses upon this lady mabel went to the table near which lil was standing and pretended to hide them between the pages of one of the books there lil anxious that they should be kept from every eye but hers watched her closely could he believe his eyes as she stooped over the table she actually unobserved as she thought slipped the verses into her bosom bradshaw pertinaciously began to search the volumes on which lady mabel took up the largest of them and with a grave face carried it out of the room leaving lil so well satisfied with her care for his epistle that by the time she came back he was ready to bear without flinching any severity of criticism the rest of the company below being gone lord strather now entered the room ah lil i am glad to find you here i was just about to send after you i have this moment received a dispatch from sir roland he needs you for a special service and this letter contains his instructions is it in verse papa asked lady mabel coming close up beside her father in verse child what are you dreaming of sir roland is a sane man and never writes verses i thought it might be a growing custom to correspond in verse the last letter i received was in regular stanzas who from asked lord strathern a spaniard a genuine spaniard of the purest water said lady mabel and strange to tell i never saw him but once in my life the impudent rascal exclaimed his lordship i will have him horsewhipped by way of answer a stripe for every line nay said lady mabel a stripe for every bad line will be cutting criticism enough who is this fellow is it the don alonzo melendez you were telling me of never mind his name papa i am afraid you might have flayed him alive while the poor fellow deserves nothing but laughter for his doggerel and while this doggerel was secretly pressed by her bosom she stole a look at lil and was surprised to see how little galled he seemed to be by her ridicule what is the burden of sir roland's verses she asked addressing him very true exclaimed lil i had forgotten to read it and breaking the seal he ran his eye hastily over the letter i must leave elvis at once and be away some days he said with a look of dissatisfaction sir roland is very fond of sending you on his errands remarked lord strathern and hitherto you seem to like the extra work he gave you i would be gladly excused from it just now answered lil and in spite of himself his eye wandered toward lady mabel lord strathern did not observe this but said jestingly i believe you have contrived to convince sir roland that none of us can do anything so well as you can but there was a little tone of pique in the way this was said i have made no attempt to do so lil answered but he has given me something to do now and i must set about it at once taking leave of lady mabel he held a short private conference with his lordship and when he went out to mount his horse found colonel bradshaw already in the saddle waiting for him this annoyed him for he instinctively knew bradshaw's object and looked to be ingenuously cross-questioned as to the verses which lady mabel had recited and then criticised so unsparingly unwilling to let bradshaw stretch him on the rack for his amusement lil assumed the offensive and at once broached another matter which he had much at heart i wonder when we will leave elvis he exclaimed abruptly 
if we stay here much longer we will be at war with the people around us i never knew my lord so negligent of discipline it evidently grows upon him the old gentleman said bradshaw carelessly certainly holds the reins with a slack hand he is content with preserving order in elvis said lille but turns a deaf ear to almost every complaint the peasantry make against our people many of them are lies said bradshaw coolly and many of them are too well founded answered lille you are the senior officer in the brigade and a man of no little tact could you not stir my lord up to looking more closely into this matter i will think of it said bradshaw anxious to open a more interesting subject pray think of it speedily said lille there is no time to be lost and i must lose no time now the sun has set and i must be in olivenza by midnight what will you do there asked bradshaw bait my horses on my way into andalusia answered lille riding off at full gallop leaving bradshaw much provoked at his slipping out of his hands before he could put him to the question End of chapter 16